0: Hi, I'm Teresa Woodard. Hi, this is Aaron Style. This is Rachel from Knowing Nature. And you're listening to And you're listening to your Midwest Garden Podcast. To your Midwest Garden Podcast.
1: He said, Mike, come on down. We're going to do a podcast. What are we going to be doing a podcast about? You've been sitting there for three weeks. And you've been looking.
2: What do you got? It's been longer than three weeks. I've been trying to find a perfect person to talk about the differences in city tap water, distilled water, and rainwater. It's all started in the drought when people were trying to water the grass and come into the garden center and say, my grass isn't turning green and we're like, yeah, but it's not dying either. And they're like, no, it's brown. And it's like, no, it's just dormant. And then you had the vegetable gardeners, you know, talking about my plants just really aren't taking off this spring. And and it's like, it's because of the drought and it's, it has to do with the water. And, you know, we had the clouds, but I really think it has to do with the tap water and what we are feeding them. So I've been looking for a water chemist, somebody okay. to tell me what the difference is. In layman's terms, and I talked to a few and they're like, I really can't speak layman terms to gardeners. So in the meantime, I stumble across bluebarrel.com and it's talking about their rainwater system. And I'm like, all right, I find out the owner, Jessie, she has information on why rain is important to catch. You know, i sent an email and just said, Hey, Jessie, it's Scott. Your Midwest Garden podcast. You don't know us. Maybe you do. Maybe you're a listener. Can you talk to us about the difference? And we will talk about the importance of catching that liquid gold. Will she be
1: able to verify whether or not certain places it's
2: illegal to catch rainwater? <laughs> you're setting yourself up. Mike, why don't you introduce her?
1: Okay, the lady you have lined us up with, Scott, is Jessie Savo, owner of Blue Barrel Rainwater Catchment Systems. Their website is bluebarrelsystems.com and she's been doing this for quite some time Jesse Thank you
0: nice to meet you guys today
1: and I'm I'm curious, what the heck is the difference between a rain barrel system and a catchment system?
0: Oh, well, you know, it might be two different um, ways of describing the same thing. A rain barrel is a small rainwater catchment system. It just It's referring to the concept of collecting the water off your roof into some sort of catchment container. That could be a barrel. It could be a series of barrels, which is what we specialize in, or it could be a larger tank or cistern kind of a setup.
1: Okay, now. What I'm really interested in is because after going through your website and seeing what you have, what got you involved in this water catchment or water collection system? What, what got you excited? And bingo, you're going into this.
0: I have a background in ecological design. So that's my um, education, which is broader. You know, we talk all about gardens and landscapes and sustainability in general. And then somehow after two kind of false starts in my career where I thought I was going to be a consultant and um, decided that wasn't satisfying, um, I decided to do an AmeriCorps term, which I don't know if the program still exists anymore, but it's sort of like a domestic version of the Peace Corps where they um, pair you with organizations, schools or nonprofits that need help and you spend a year getting paid very little to um, basically do service projects. So as chance would have it, I was placed at a community farm and garden and I was given the project to build a rainwater catchment system for their greenhouse. On very little budget. So um, I had all this background in sustainable design and I understood some of the design concepts. I'd never applied it before. Um, and my project partner had grown up on farms and he knew everything he needed to know about plumbing fittings and how to fit everything together. So the two of us, um, just kind of as luck would have it, were a good team to just kind of jerry-rig and figure out um, uh, how to do a rainwater catchment system. Now, the, the trick was our budget. We couldn't just go buy a big old tank or cistern. Um, and this farm wanted about 1,500 gallons. So again, as chance would have it, because Blue Barrel was born mostly by luck, as I like to say, um, I was driving out in the country and I drove by this big kind of yard manufacturing facility with a big yard attached to it. And they had just loads, hundreds and hundreds of these ugly blue plastic barrels 55 gallon barrels just laying out there. And I thought, well, I know a lot of people repurpose those into rain barrels. So I just walked in there and thought, you know, what's going on with these barrels and could I buy some off of you? And the guy said, "Buy them. We- you could have them. Well, you know, we'll pay you to take them." The- so this was a fertilizer manufacturer. Um they made um organic fertilizers for hydroponic use i don't know if you ever talk about hydroponics um, but i thought well perfect so you know this water is going to be used in the farm so whatever residue is left in those barrels is actually going to be a benefit right
1: they manufacture the fertilizer
0: they do yeah they actually they're a, they're a brand and a company and they sell product to consumers what but the, you is know this what's in? well this is in sonoma county california
1: sonoma bingo okay um, is yeah. this Humboldt by any chance?
0: No, sure. Humboldt's a couple of counties north of okay. Sonoma. Um, okay. The company at the time it was called General Hydroponics, and they were no bought kidding. by somebody else. Yeah. Okay,
1: because <laughs> we've been dealing out here in the Midwest with General Hydroponics for a long time for for an alternative source for people that didn't want to use synthetic fertilizers. So I'm going to let you continue going on and continuous. <laughs> How they, they they found that they would give you as many as you'd want and go from there. This is like a homecoming
0: yeah. for Mike. He's always like, oh, I'm doing somersaults. <laughs> yeah. So, Gen Hydro was our very first barrel supplier partner. And when I drove by, you know, I had no idea this was going to turn into anything. It was not my goal to start a company or anything. But what we worked out with them ended up being the model on which I built my whole business. And we're now able to supply these barrels to people all over the USA. So, um, anyway, what I learned about the whole waste stream is that Gen Hydro ordered their raw inputs in 55 gallon barrels. So this is how not only fertilizer companies, but actually mostly food manufacturers order their raw liquid ingredients. They're food grade, high quality, UV resistant drums. So, you know, if you make salsa, you're going to order your vinegar, your oil, your tomato sauce in these drums. Now, The food industry is highly regulated, so once you've emptied those drums and bottled up all your product, the drums are a byproduct, and you can't use them anymore. So um, this is why Gen Hydro said, please take them, because what they were doing is stockpiling them until they had enough to pay someone to haul them away to probably a chipper. So I thought, well, hold on. (laughs) What we ended up with at the end of the AmeriCorps year was a 22-barrel system, and the barrels were all plumbed together along the bottom. Now, my project partner, John, and I figured this out only because we had these specific kind of barrels. Now, John grew up on farms and he knew all about plumbing parts. I knew nothing about that side of things. I had my master's in ecological design and said, well, I think I know in concept how a rainwater catchment is supposed to work and why it's good for the environment. And we came up with this design. Uh, We learned all of our mistakes the hard way because you can study, 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 and then you tinker and put your rain barrels together. Um, and the first time it rains, the water will show you what you did wrong. So, um, everybody does that. And it doesn't really matter how, how smart you. it's hard to anticipate all the kind of relative heights and the venting and all that kind of stuff. Well, anyway, we figured it all out. And by the time we were done, um, people were like, you know, um, this is a really good design. We came up with a unique way of doing it. We plumb our system on the bottom. It's not what, uh, you can't, buy that design in a hardware store. um, And we just ran with it from there. So Blue Barrel is now a company where we make this system available as a DIY kit. And customers who buy from us may, if they don't have their own barrels, they can get a voucher from our website to go pick up from a Gen Hydro-like company in their area.
2: The reason why we brought Jessie on was not only to push her Blue Barrel system, but the important part of why she's doing that Her partner was in the farming industry. Our little world here in Toledo, it was brought apart basically because of the May drought. And we were getting phone calls left and right about people's lawns and their gardens. Our lawn services department was like, ah, it's going dormant. And they're like, but I'm watering. Why isn't it green? I'm paying all this money, da, 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 da. As Mike and I did some homework, city tap water is completely different from distilled or completely different from rainwater. So can you give us some insights to why that farming group wanted rainwater?
0: Yes. So first of all, um, and I'll just, I, I know we want to get to these water quality benefits, um, a lot of people are attracted to rainwater harvesting first for the ecological reasons. Either they live in a really drought-prone area where we have long dry seasons and we need to catch the water when it rains in order to have water to irrigate guilt-free when when there's a drought, or we live in these kind of oversaturated areas where we're constantly mitigating storm water. And catching that water and releasing it during dry periods kind of helps with, um, with runoff issues. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, a, a lot of people come into it for that reason. And then I love it when I get to talk to people to the depth of why that water is actually so much better for your plants. I, I think this is sort of a bingo kind of a topic because if, if you were noticing that lawns were not thriving and, um, when watered with, um, City water. Um, I could dive into a few reasons for that. Should we go ahead?
2: Yeah, hit us.
0: Okay, so well, let first me guess, of all, let rain- me guess. Let me oh, guess. Let me oh. guess.
1: Can I? Can I? Ha huh, ha. Huh, my arms. up Yeah, right go here. guess,
0: guess, guess. Does this mm-hmm. have anything
1: to do with the chlorine and the fluoride in there?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So rainwater. Right, yeah, yeah. So a plus for that. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Um, see, rainwater is a hundred percent soft water. Um, it is free of the salt the minerals, the treatment chemicals, and the pharmaceuticals that end up in other water, right? So, and there are different water sources. If you're irrigating from a well, you're going to be getting minerals, things like that. That's what makes that water more hard. Rainwater, the water is created by evaporation. It's water that evaporates from the earth and then falls back down on us. And in that process, all of the salts and minerals are left behind, Um, And of course, there's no treatment chemicals in it, which are added to city water. So it's going to be 100 percent soft water every time you water.
1: Now, is that going to be similar to distilled water versus, uh, let's say, reverse osmosis or anything? I mean, are you and and the other question I have, are you going to have to have the water continue to circulate in, in those those barrels? So that it doesn't you know, uh, create algae or anything like that?
0: No, no. So yeah, it, it is similar. Reverse osmosis is basically another process for create, for getting that stuff out. Well, we don't need reverse osmosis if we have... If we have rainwater, that's right. So it, it's already that way. And no, you don't need to keep it circulating, not in a properly designed system. So our, you know, one of the great things about these ugly blue barrels is that they're 100% UV resistant. So algae needs sunlight to grow, right. and you'll find all kinds of designs on Google for DIY rain rain barrels, and you'll see lots with open tops, and that sounds like a great idea for convenience. Dip a bucket in it until you realize that you have a bucket full of algae. So anyway, yeah. um, what the closed system design is really important um, but you will not have algae or accumulation and actually that brings me to another point of why rainwater is so good for uh, plants should we get to point two. Um, Stored rainwater contains some organic matter. So, when the way the water gets into the barrels is it rolls off your roof, through your gutters, down your downspout, and into the barrels, um, and it picks up cooties along the way. And I think you had said, you you know, the chemist didn't want to talk to you, and we're really lucky that I'm not a chemist because I cannot be more specific than cooties. Oh, good. We're talking, (laughs) we're talking talking gopher tracks, we're talking pollen, we're talking bird droppings, all all that stuff that accumulates on your roof. Well, we don't want to drink this water, but guess who? Who loves this water is your plants. So what happens is all of that stuff. Now, now first I want to be clear. There's rough filtration on the way into the barrels. Um, it, it all gets filtered to a certain standard, so we don't have anything chunky. That's that's sure. another very technical term. Um, we don't have anything chunky in the barrels, but we do have these organic particulates that basically compost in there and keep the water alive. Um, so it's almost like applying a light application of fertilizer every time you water. Now that's if you're irrigating from stored rainwater, if you're just letting the water rainwater fall on your plants, you're not going to have, um, that you're going to have a tiny bit of organic matter just from what it picks up from what was in the air. But, um, that's really an effect of using a rainwater catchment system is that you get that sort of natural light fertilizer effect.
1: So in other words, the water's alive. That comes in. The water is
0: alive. Okay, now,
1: does this have anything to do similar to what mycorrhizae? When you said that there's organisms in there that basically keep this water clean,
0: biofilm is what we call it, and that attracts more. So people wonder if the water gets gross, but the biofilm actually helps keep the water clean. And when I say clean, I don't mean to drinking standards. I'm always clear about that because right. yeah. people hear this spiel and they're like, what What do you mean clean water? But we mean clean and perfect for your plants. Right.
2: Non-potable.
0: Non-potable. Exactly.
2: In doing some homework for this episode, I did learn lightning carries a big transformation into the nitrogen particles up there Something about the atoms are not attractive, or the plants won't use the nitrogen the way it is. The lightning hits the atoms, splits them, and then those split atoms, nitrogen, again, I'm not, no chemist.
0: Uh-oh, we're getting into chemistry. I think I can rescue you from this one. Thank you. Um, yeah, so here we go. Rainwater contains nitrates. Now, you know, you know all about NPK, I'm sure. These are the, these are the macronutrients that are in all those fertilizer labels that we read. So. Um, the, the N is for nitrogen. But what most people know is that um, most forms of nitrogen are not bioavailable. And that means that the plants can't uptake them. Yes. So rain contains nitrates, which are a bioavailable form of nitrogen. Um, and that's what's responsible for like the lush foliage of the plants. So that, you know, that's the greens that we want in our right. garden and you do find that naturally in rainfall and i think it does have something to do with lightning but i, I can't get into the physics of that
1: Getting a charge out of that one scott <laughs> mm-hmm. now okay now my turn my turn ooh, ooh 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 um here's something that i did with a little bit of the research that i had that there's a the side effect that they basically achieved from you know desired results from what i've found is i wanted to do some research into let's say the city water that we we have up here i can't speak for all the others But what they do is they add the two things, like the chlorine and the uh, fluoride. Do you know why they put fluoride in there in the first place? I mean, I read, found out that they first started doing it in 62, and then they were feeding us a bunch of uh, information saying, it's great for your teeth and cavities, the enamel and all this. Okay, our parents fell for it. But I noticed that there is a multitude of side effects from it. It does promote discoloration of the teeth. If you do a high intake of the... uh, uh, the products whether it's the chlorine or the uh, fluoride it's going to weaken your teeth and the enamel um, neurological problems are caused by it high blood pressure acne and um, well a little bit of few sores here and there uh, but anyways it's nothing positive that I found out of this what do you know why they put this in there
0: You know, I was always, I'm not an expert in this particular angle, but I was always under the impression, well, chlorine obviously is for keep, it's for sanitation. Um, but the fluoride, I always thought it was sort of a public health initiative for dental health, which seems interesting to medicate the population through the water stream. Um, but you know, interestingly, the the other thing they put in city water, um, they put elements in it to raise the pH. So when I first started uh getting into rainwater harvesting, you, you know, I learned I was doing all these organic gardening classes. And well, organic gardeners know that they want their soil pH between about 5.5 and 6.5 for healthy plants. And as I started getting into rainwater harvesting, I learned that that is the exact pH of natural falling rainwater. And I thought, oh, what a coincidence. That's such a great selling point. And it didn't take long to realize that's not a coincidence. That is nature's design. Um, and what I found out is that um, water age, agencies add alkalines to to raise the pH and that's to protect the metal pipe network. Right. So typical water that comes out of your tap is um, about eight, 8.5 usually. Yeah. So your plants, if you water with city water, your plants are combating that off the bat in addition to whatever salt and mineral um, and chemical accumulation might be in that water. So,
2: You got to think of your city water treatment plant as a big swimming pool in your backyard. I have a large pool, so I play with alkalinity, pH levels. Uh, I, I run a salt pool, so I don't have as many problems. Works really well, but yeah, those pHs are like can go crazy, and so you think of that that way. They are adding chemicals to deliver the water to your house those pipes that they're going through, or some of them are a hundred years old and Led. and you can see the buildup, you know, just in a small pool system. So that's what they're combating to try to get you water.
1: Well, okay. Now, now being that we've discovered that, all right, the tap water that we've in our house, it's fine to take a bath with. Gosh, we're drinking it too, but there's all these heavy metals and minerals that are in there. Rainwater, does that accumulate any of that? No, or yes. You said it collects things like nitrates in the air. Are there any other right. nutrients? Right. No,
0: none. There's no source that, well, the nutrient it, it collects, uh, the nitrates from the air and it collects, um, a small amount of organic matter on its path into the barrels, but there's no source for minerals. I mean, think about it for a minute. The minerals come from the ground. So there's, yeah. there's no input for that. And there's no input for chemicals unless you add them yourself. So, um, and I will say, people do. Some people do have potable rainwater catchment systems, but that requires a potable treatment system. So mm-hmm. that that's a that's a different different conversation. I don't specialize in that.
2: Yeah, because rainwater is just magical when it comes to reviving your garden, reviving your lawn, drought or no drought. Compared to you watering it, what I learned was with the tap water coming out of your your hose, your sprinkler, your irrigation system, those chemicals added don't really harm the grass, but it harms the micronutrients in the ground that your grass roots need. And that's where your grass is like, okay, I don't see any nutrients, even if there's water there, because that water is killing those nutrients. So then it goes dormant. Once rainwater comes, you know, those nutrients are there and boom, your grass is like,
0: well, hello. Uh, well, I just wanted to say, because I'm getting all excited as I hear you talk, because what I think the missing link is, and what I love talking about is soil health. So it's easy to talk rain to plants, water to plants, and what is this doing to my plants? But you, you talked about mycorrhizae earlier and, you know, soil is so alive and the water needs to hydrate the soil and support those living systems. So when you're adding all these chemicals that just um are minerals and salts that accumulate in the soils, um you're kind of having the opposite effect. So that soil over time is going to be less able to support a living system. Rainwater will help reverse that and just help keep things kind of in perfect nature's balance, right? It it is nature's way and it will it will keep all those Gummies and cooties alive in there that are supporting the whole ecosystem in your garden.
1: This is Michael Rourke and Scott Sandstrom from your Midwest Garden Podcast. With us today is Jessie Savo. She's the founder and owner of Blue Barrel Rainwater Catch Systems, and she's been doing this. Well, basically, what it is is it's providing everybody the access to to rainwater. It's an untapped resource that. Right now, you can go ahead and capitalize on for the benefit. Since COVID, everybody's been going for the benefit of their system, their bodies, their families. What is the benefit solely with this rainwater system, Jesse? And how many, I mean, how much rainwater can you get and collect from, let's say, a standard roof?
0: What a great question. So uh, the, there's a quick answer that if you a 1000 square feet of rooftop surface is going to capture over 600 gallons of this high quality what? irrigation water for every single inch of rain that falls on it. One inch of rain will give you, you
1: 600 gallons
0: off of a 1000 square feet. So how how big is your house, do you know? Oh, the it's
1: footprint? I, I, I live underground. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, we won't talk about that then, but (laughs) so do I. (laughs) Nobody knows where I am. No, I've never,
1: I've Um, never really measured it, but now I'm going to go over to my house and measure it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's say a person with a 3000 square foot house, I don't know what the roof size is. And if you're living in a two bedroom bungalow, I don't know what the roof size is. So I'm going to go and measure that. But you said a thousand, how much, say that again.
0: So an inch of rain Falling on a 1,000 square feet of rooftop surface will generate 600 gallons of high-quality irrigation water.
1: You know how many meter cycles that is? When I mean, I'm telling you, when I'm out there watering my, my flower garden, I mean, the, you can see and hear the meter going, I mean, it's on a drag strip. You're going to save people a lot of money. Especially in the areas now. Are you in Southern California, or are you in the Southwest?
0: Uh, we're. I'm in Northern California, but we we do this all over the country. Uh, well, we are, though. We've had severe drought impacting all of California. Oh, we, really? We have a, yeah. So, I mean, just for fun, what I can let you know, on our website, and we have all kinds of free tools, it's bluebarrelsystems.com. We have this really fun roof water calculator where you can enter a roof footprint area, and then you can enter, you know, your annual rainfall or the amount you get in a typical storm, and it's going to calculate the volume for you. And you so, can find I mean, that bluebarrelsystems.com. You sure can. Okay. Um, Let's say 25, I think 2,500 is a pretty average roof footprint area. And just remember, you know, if you know the square footage of your house in a single story, you can use that as a proxy, but you might have a garage, you know, all these two feet overhangs around your house, the covered patio that adds hundreds of square feet of catchment surface. So, um, you know, anyway, I'm going to say 2,500 now tell me what's a typical rain event in Toledo
1: on the type of season but the average say the, the the perfect three inches of rain water a month would be perfect
0: okay so let's calculate three inches of rain a month off of, collected off of a 2500 square foot roof is going to give you 4500 gallons a month
1: oh my goodness
0: Oh, you can get lost in this calculator. just keep keep changing those numbers and two is that inputs, how you came that's upon all. that was with
1: your calculator this right there yeah, I
0: just clicked a button i am not that good at math
1: well <laughs> <laughs>
2: neither's Mike no
1: I, I, I ran out of fingers. um, oh my gosh,
2: I want to jump back to you commenting about the soil and how important the soil is because you're spot on with that every episode we talk about it just seems it comes right back to the soil. We've even talked with uh, Christina McGillis of soilkit.com with those test kits that they sell and get the results. Just that's so valuable information to know what your garden or your lawn needs because everything starts there and that's where you're putting that water. And it's just it's almost like a mycorrhizae for that soil.
1: Well see, this is where I'm, I'm really into this. We were trying years ago. Um, before COVID hit, to go natural, go organic. Now, there's so many different ways of getting certified organic. I mean, you have to pay big bucks to get certification. So we decided to go natural. That's how I learned about the Humboldt County, the General Hydroponics, uh, Fox Farm, things of this nature. So this rainwater system that you're creating right now is providing even an, an additional element to the success of the natural or organic growing systems throughout the United States right now.
0: You, I would say that's true, but I might even reverse that on you. You know, not, this is kind of an niche topic, and a lot of people don't know a lot about it, which makes may feel kind of special, but I'm sitting here going, you know, I didn't invent any of this stuff. This, That's just nature. So it's sort of like it's all of our human systems, the the pumped and the treated and the transported water Mm -hmm. that kind of reverse what nature intended. And it's working against our soils. And we don't really know that because we just think of it as water. Water is neutral, right? And if it's good enough to drink, it's good enough for my plants. Well, it turns out Uh. nature has all these other things happening at the microscopic level that um, you know, rainwater helps us preserve. So there's not really the catchment system is really just a vessel for helping us capture that. But it, it's just it's nature doing the work.
1: You threw out 600 gallons right there of a thousand square foot roof. I mm-hmm. have uh, you I, I saw what you have different systems that you're selling and providing. Let's say the, the standard family of, let's say, 2.78 children, a husband and a wife uh, and a dog and maybe a cat somewhere. What kind of system would you like to give or, or or have me have in order to provide both the food and the water resources necessary to provide nutrients to the food?
0: Well I will always say the more the better what blue barrel does so we are repurposing these 55 gallon drums but the specialty we built is a multi-barrel system that you can actually customize on our website. So the smallest true blue barrel rainwater catchment system is a two barrel system because the way the under plumbing works, it it just need the barrels need to talk to each other. So we've got we need at least two to make the whole system work. But from there, you can do, you know, 42 is the biggest single system that we've ever had one of our customers um, set up. So it's just a matter usually of how much space you have. Uh where I live out in California, the really big systems will sell because um we have a very long dry season. you know we yeah. don't get rain in a typical year between April and October, so it's just we get plenty of rain the The numbers that my calculator generated show you how much rain's available, but it's up to westerners to capture as much as possible to get us through the dry season. your we- area you have you have a much more balanced um pattern in the Midwest where a smaller system will still be very efficacious for you. Um, you're talking about a may drought. I've never heard of a drought that was confined to one month. We wouldn't call that (laughs) really just, we, we just call that may.
1: (laughs) So anyway, because we, we were, everybody was screaming and crying. And since COVID everybody, you know, we've, we've had mothers coming in with their children and they're growing their own food and watching the thing that we've noticed since COVID is that nobody knew how to grow their own food. I mean, it always came from a, a resource called a supermarket and nobody mm. taught in schools how to grow your own food, unless you were in a higher education like yours. Um, you've got a master's degree in what is it? I uh, know you're going well, to
0: ecological design, not food growing, but it, it's all part of it. You had I, to learn food food a lot is about a big component. food
1: portion of it though, too, in order to get that diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, What I'm getting to is, is that now the people are getting more and more curious and they're getting more and more interested in providing the natural nutrients that, let's say, the plants have provided for this. Your rain barrel system is there that is giving an alternative to people so that they don't have to use. Look, it was there's certain counties in certain states where they're making this illegal. Do you
0: care to elaborate on that and why are they doing that? Oh, you know, actually, that that is interesting. And I would like to know, are you aware of any specific counties or you've just kind of heard this? uh, There
1: there are certain counties in certain states, and I don't want to name the states. For instance, one of them could be uh, very close and dear to our hearts right here. That makes it ill. They they, they're considering making it illegal. I don't know Uh, if it happens to be an economic thing or if it happens to be something that, you know, they can't control the water resource that they're having. I mean, let's put it let's face it. We're at the Great Lakes. The Great Lakes themselves is in the largest natural resource as far as water of uh fresh water in in the world and we're polluting the hell out of it. And we're we're not allowed to basically give ourselves something to provide ourselves the the access to this like by using rain barrels. Now I can see homeowner associations saying, "Well, we don't want to see about you know a dozen blue barrels in our yard," but I know that they were trying to make it illegal, and I don't. I'm going to have to do more research to find out exactly who it is.
0: Well, I'll tell you what: if you start researching that topic, you're going to find Blue Barrel's website. What what I could tell anyone out there, actually, go to bluebarrelsystems.com and search. Legal, illegal, or MythBusters? Because I have a whole article oh, about rainwater harvesting and the and the legality. And the, I have a Cliff's Notes version version of this. It is one of the biggest rumors that we combat because I can hardly post anything on Facebook, a customer project or what, without a whole bunch of people hopping on there and saying, yeah. "That's not legal. That's not legal." Well, are you, are you, you're is, saying that.
1: It was all fallacy then that I'm. I that it's mostly wow.
0: fallacy. It's mostly fallacy. So rainwater harvesting, to my knowledge, is not outlawed anywhere. And I've been doing this for twelve years. So what I do in that blog, I invite people who know. And you said it's funny. You told me this would be a casual conversation, like neighbors talking over the fence. Well, in that in that uh, blog, I use a picture of Tim the Tool Man Taylor talking exactly. to Mister Wilson. Are we all old Wilson. enough to remember those our, guys? Our, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. So anyway, it's Wilson. It's Tim the Toolman. It's guys like Tim the Toolman Taylor talking to guys like Wilson saying, Hey, did you hear that some guy got arrested for that? That's, and it's so much fun to talk about, you know, how the government won't let you capture the rainwater that falls on your own roof. That rumor has spread like wildfire. Well, the truth is, you know, I've been in this business for 12 years. Counties and cities are incentivizing it. So I would say the first what I what I challenge people to do, and I I won't challenge you on air. I'm not going to put you on the spot. No, that's but okay. Anyone who tells me I, I, I really do. <laughs> I, I hear this is illegal. I I say show me the code, Sorry. cite the code, tell me which county and show me the policy language that outlaws it. And not a single person has ever been able to do that. Beautiful. So um, I, d- I did this so, yesterday
2: for our county, and our county okay. not only promotes it but they have rain barrel making workshops available yes. at certain So times that was year.
0: my other suggestion. So before you drive yourself crazy, trying to find a code that doesn't exist outlying rain, rainwater, what you should actually do search for programs and incentives, rebates. Some cities and counties are paying you to do this no because they understand the ecological benefits. So if what I'll tell you is you can save yourself a lot of trouble. If your city or County has a rebate program, you can be darn Sure it's not outlawed okay so now i'll tell you the, the the state of colorado until 2016 did have a ban on rainwater harvesting so I think a lot of the rumors are just an expansion oh. from that. But in 2016, they, they've lifted a lot of that and they still have certain restrictions, but rainwater harvesting is legal in Colorado and in Nevada as of 2017. So after, since, since then, I'm not aware of any remaining actual regulatory, um, constraints. Uh, what I will say too, cause I was involved in this. Um, around 2013, which is when I was launching Blue Barrel, there was a big initiative um, to develop code for rainwater harvesting. Now, a lot of people kind of start to curl when they think about code and permits and things like that. But yeah. it ended up being a good thing, because I think some of these rumors developed if if a regulator saw a rain catchment system and they thought it looked kind of sloppy and they don't really know what to do about it and this is uncontrolled water and is it safe, uh, in absence of any code, they, they might have made someone feel that maybe their system was not uh, okay. So what the code did is it gave sort of the building authorities just a few simple things to look for, and it's not complicated. And what was cool about the timing, 2013, is that I got to develop the Blue Barrel system, the one we sell now, to match all the code requirements for a non-permitted system, which means you check all the boxes for a system that does not require a permit at least in the in the state of California but the matrix they use for developing those codes is usually pretty consistent nationally so we're pretty proud to say we offer a code compliant professionally designed system that works from top to bottom that you can build yourself in, in to service your garden
2: well, that's, that's good news. That's great that, news. That Mike is wrong, or, no, no, or possibly I, wrong.
1: No, I, I love I think, being wrong. I, I mean, this I, is gonna, I
2: think this is more of an HOA possible issue versus a legal city thing.
1: I've been dealing with the city that on can a number be an of issue, things, yeah. especially with urban ag, and they're being, I mean, I'm not going to name any city in particular, but the city that I was dealing with was being a real jerk about the whole darn thing about anything. You couldn't put hoop houses, you couldn't do little greenhouses, you couldn't even do certain things that are supposed to be residential. So I'm I'm let me go on and steam out. Scott, go ahead and take this over.
2: Run. So I will tell everybody the good news is is that what I found on the website is that your blue barrel doesn't have to be blue. I didn't you can paint these. Yeah, I noticed. And I thought I thought that was a great point to bring up.
0: Yeah. So first of all, what I would say, and I might be a little biased, our system has a really uniform look. So it, it does not look as junky as, you know, a bunch of these blue barrels just laying around somebody's yard. Right. Um, but for those who don't like it, and a lot of people are putting them in suburban side yards, places that aren't really a feature um, area of their garden. But I've been so impressed. You know, the cool thing about being 10 years in business is that at a certain, you know, in the beginning, it was me pushing these ideas out to everybody and taking pictures of systems I've built. Um, now it's my customers who send me the pictures. Look, And they, they're doing amazing things. They're doing decorative painting jobs. Some of them paint to match the house. Um, they have built kind of really easy DIY kind of trellis covers for them, or almost like a wooden sheath around them. So I have a whole article on the website about how to mask or decorate the barrels, and I I hope you're impressed because I'm impressed with what Blue Barrels customers have been able to no, do to were, beautify these and things.
2: some of those some of those people are just like artists. Those were beautiful or designs part in of the them. house. I will tell you, I do have a blue barrel. Only one. Only one. Basically, I'm taking my sump pump output from the basement, throwing it into the blue barrel, and then I have another pump that just pumps out and just waters a little section of the lawn back there, and I keep moving. It's a manual. Even though I have an irrigation system, I'm able to water that less in that zone, and just use my, you know, sprinkler. You just move it around here and there, no big deal. Is yours
1: gra- gravity fed?
2: No, it's a pump. It's another pump inside another pump of it. In there? So, you know, two pumps to do it. It's kind of a, it's it's keeping it away from my foundation, which is the important part in my case. But I, I basically, until I could prove the system worked, I put a piece of burlap around that blue barrel just to tie it into the the, Natural. the woods and yeah. the trees that I have in there. So there's a lot of artistic things you can do and try uh, to if if you're not comfortable with the blue.
1: For with us today, exactly. we've got Blue Barrel Rainwater Catchment Systems founder and owner Jesse Savo. You've got how many people are working with you right now on this?
0: Uh, I have, I have quite a team now. Well, we're a small team, but I have two amazing customer service reps who will be happy to talk to you on the phone or answer your emails if you have questions. We still have human-powered customer service. I have two web developers who allow you to do all this cool stuff on our website. So the truth is, you know, we don't hear from probably 90% of our customers and as much as we love gabbing and talking with our customers, it's good news that folks are able to navigate our website to customize a system for their own site without any further assistance. Uh, I think and I have a fulfillment center, you know, we ship our orders all over the country. The way it works is that The barrels themselves, you'll get a voucher to pick up locally. And we could run a search just for fun to see kind of what kinds of locations we have barrel pickup available near you. Um, And then the parts to build the system will ship in a small box. So that's another thing that makes our system really green. It's not just the recycled barrels. It's that we're recycling them near, you know, you pick them up in your own community. So we're not... Uh, paying to store and haul and ship these big, bulky drums all over the country. That would add a lot more carbon footprint to what we're trying to do. So yeah. we're, we're pretty proud of this system we've developed for providing the systems. Should we do a barrel search in Toledo?
2: Yeah, let's do a barrel search. Uh, you need a zip code. It's 43623. Uh, 43623.
0: Two, three. Okay, we know you live underground, and now we know your zip code. Oh, no, that's
2: just me. (laughs) That's just Mike. I live above ground. I like to breathe.
0: Okay. (laughs) I I just wonder if anyone wanted to go hunt for you. Okay, so anywhere. So that sounds like Toledo. Well, it looks like your closest uh, barrel pickup location is about 50 miles away in Taylor, Michigan. Okay. We have barrels available in Fort Wayne, Independence, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, Dowagiac, Michigan. Did I say that right? Got me. And and Warren, Ohio. So the, the our our site lets you search up to 200 miles from any given zip. We have 80 participating barrel suppliers. When Blue Barrel launched, we had five. You know, wow. f- three in California near where I live, one in one in Minnesota, and one in Alabama. So we kind of planted the seed to see if it would grow. And when I when I say that, I mean the whole kind of business model, this concept of of supplying barrels out of the manufacturing waste stream. And, um, sure enough, people, people want to get rid of these barrels and others want to use them. So it all works out. We know the barrels
2: are safe and we know, I mean, you can, the calculator will help you figure out probably how many you want. And we know you can change colors for the person that's going to put these together. How long does it take to build a system and how much, uh, handyman do they have to be?
0: Yeah, well it turns out it's more basic than we thought. So we we ran a customer survey um at one point and we asked the question, how was it easier than you thought, harder? Most people found it easier than they thought. We call it a beginner to intermediate DIY project. Um, and what I found, you know, I am not a handy person that when I say this whole thing started from luck, you know, I, I I am not a handy person, but, um, I figured out how to build, how to build this and how to make it accessible to others. One of the cool things, our instructions are written by me. So they're written by somebody who really needed it broken down with images. We have photo illustrated full color, step-by-step instructions and how to videos, so we're finding that people with virtually no experience are able to do this. You know, sometimes the, the hardest part for me is the ground leveling. If, if you have, if you have to get roots out of the way or if you have to prepare a foundation pad, that's going to be the hardest part. Putting the barrels together takes me about half an hour each. Granted, I've done this a few times before, but um, I would budget half an hour per barrel if you're doing a larger system. Um, customers write in and say it was a great weekend project. On Saturday, I went and picked up my my gravel road base for the foundation. I laid it all out. I laid out my parts. Sunday, I put the barrels together. Monday, I collected some rain.
1: Is this something that you can interlink with others and or do you provide all the necessary equipment for somebody? I know and from your website, it's it's gravity fed, um, but mm-hmm. from, do you provide all of the necessary um now, well, components, hardware, et cetera, for let's just say one barrel for people to get started on that.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So we do, we sell a single barrel kit, but I have to be clear here. We didn't bring that on until later. There's enough demand for that. There are enough people who are like, I just want a barrel and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Well, for for those folks, we do have a single barrel kit. But our design, um, as I sort of hinted at before, it it's a multi-barrel concept that makes the whole underplumb design work. Um, it's the way the barrels are plumbed together. So to get the true blue barrel system design with all the advantages of an underplumb system... Um, you need at least two. And in terms of, can, can you start with one and then add on? We do, we actually have over time, we've built out our online store for everything you'd need to do that, but you do need to patch. It's a different approach. So you need to patch the holes that you made and we sell the patches or, or plugs and we sell the plugs, um, and kind of start over, flip that barrel over if you want to make a multi-barrel. So what we actually recommend for anyone who thinks I want to just start small to give it a try, and then I'll expand, start with two, and then it's a very simple add-on process to extend, extend that.
2: For somebody that has messed around with a blue barrel, there's several... Oh, you're a pro now. <laughs> I've had it for a number of years. Uh, no, this system it really is interesting to me because, A, you guys are smart, unlike me, and you start with the barrel upside down in your design, it looks like. In that Well, to me, that's right side up. Correct. But,
0: okay. <laughs> and, I'm just kidding. You're right. Every 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 normal person would look at that and say the barrel's upside down.
2: And we're talking about debris getting in. We're talking about any little sunlight gets in. You're compromising an algae mini bloom inside your tank. All that stuff. But the key to your system really has to be the homework you guys did with the plumbing. And you know, a barrel's a barrel and turning it upside down is fantastic, but your plumbing approach has got to be what your specialty is.
0: Yeah. The the underplum design is unique. We're the only professionally designed underplum system on the market. And just real quickly, the advantages there, it's a fully draining system. It, um, you know, most rain barrels, and and this is the difference with the single barrel. You're going to have a tap just kind of drilled into the side of your barrel and you've, you're going to create usually between four and 12 inches of unaccessible storage at the bottom. And on top of that, you know, the, um, the, you're going to get debris accumulation in that part. And over time, it's just, you're going to get turbidity. You're going to get a buildup of, of stuff in, in your water over time. So our underplumb design is actually also a self-cleaning design. Um, so between the ability to easily access all of the water that you've stored and the ability to maintain the water quality with absolutely no inputs and no efforts, those are probably the two biggest benefits. Um, and then the other benefit is that because of the underplumbing, so we have this series of barrels, but they're actually functioning like one big tank. So you talked about your sump pump and kind of moving your hose around. Well, our system automates all of that. So you don't, you know, typical linked system, you're going to have people usually using a hose so that you have one barrel overflowing into the next that overflows into the next. And that sounds very beautiful. But what happens with the blue barrel system, they all fill in empty at the same time. So you're not moving any hoses, you can access all of your water from all, say, 15 barrels from your primary spigot. You can add extra spigots anywhere to give you more access points. Mm -hmm. So it's just a really flexible design. It's low maintenance. You're not moving hoses or monitoring which barrels are empty or full because they're all kind of functioning as one big storage system. For
2: those thinking about getting your system... Can you tell me, and they're they're in their head right now, trying to figure out sizes. How many should I get? How many people would order a two-barrel system, and then how soon would they like ordered another two or another four to add on? You know, I guess my question is: is the people that went with two should they have started with four, and they realized it? How soon before they're like, "Hey, I need to order more parts."
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a wrong way to do this. I, I love presenting on rainwater. I love the aha moments it brings because it's simple, right? Nothing I'm telling you is something you couldn't, you didn't know somewhere in your, in your being, but, but it all kind of comes together and now it makes sense. So what I tell, we have people who spend a year or more on our website before they order. And we'll get these huge orders. Someone who orders, you know, four systems at a time, one for each downspout, five barrels for this downspout, 10 for that one, a multi-row connection, and all the gravity fed drip irrigation gear all at the same time. Um, But I don't ever want anyone to be intimidated by that process. So I encourage, we have plenty of people who order the two barrel system just to start with and nothing else. And then once they get the feel for that, it's like, Oh, I get it. And then it it might be the next season that they, that they order a bunch more. And then they might wait for a separate order to do their gravity fed drip irrigation system because that, that's also very plug and play, but it's, um, it is a separate, you know, you, you build your system first and then you connect the gravity fed irrigation. And
2: the diverters are pretty darn easy to install, correct?
0: Super easy, yeah. We we found, and it took me a bunch of R and D. We used to use a different diverter, but the diverter we use now is the one I like best, and it's very easy.
1: To get that 600 gallons of uh, water from that one rainfall, you're gonna need about 12 50. Well, are these 55 or 50 gallon barrels?
0: 55 gal. Yeah, so 600 600 gallons of water is gonna fill 11 barrels for you.
1: Yeah, That's so, just one inch. One With storm one one so,
0: so filling the barrels is not the problem, yeah.
1: That would last the whole summer here for most people. If they mm-hmm. want rainfall, would basically sustain them. Can you imagine what that would cut their water bill at? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to try to... I'm not going to scrimp and... I mean, if you want a good gardener, if you want... You're going to pay the buck for it, whether you pay for the water barrels right now or whether you pay for the city.
2: But it's a benefit to the plants of what you're giving them. That's what I was alluding to. You're saving water, or you're saving money on city water. Yes, but if you've got money into a garden, why not give them the best rainwater they can? And that's with blue barrel.
1: The industry is changing from a garden center, just you know, go shrubs, flowers, plants, and that sort of thing. To people are getting more and more in depth as to what you're putting. It's like a computer. Garbage in, garbage out. You put garbage in that you're growing. I mean, with, it depends on tap water and whether synthetic nutrients you're using. If you're using, um, uh, let, let's just say, these rain barrels. And, I mean, they pay for themselves. You're getting a higher quality food source that you're going to end up having as a end result than you would going to, let's say, a, a, a natural food store. I mean, because you're all relying on them saying it's organic or natural. If you want to grow organic or natural... Use this system that she, that Jesse has right here. Mendocino County in California has been doing this forever. So we're learning from you. And uh, I have no qualms about trying to promote the rain barrel system, provided that we know what in the world is going on with it. Because one of the guys I told you was using toxic, well, herbicide container that he rinsed out with soap and water to water his plants. Well, guess what? Those plants are dying too. I mean, this is straightforward. We tell you how many square feet you have, you're going to recommend what we want and what we're going to need, Jesse?
0: Well, what we have the tools to self-design. So we have a whole sizing page for people who want help sizing a system. And it does start you with that calculator. So the first thing you can do is just get a concept of how much water is available. But, you know, as we kind of saw, that might be an overwhelming amount. You're not necessarily going to capture all that much or, um, but, but then we have further tools to help you estimate, you know, the length of your dry season and how much water your plants are going to need. And then you can kind of hone in on the right size system. For for your garden. This is
1: all from bluebarrelsystems.com, correct?
0: Correct.
2: If you go to the FAQ area on that website, Jesse has a great, you know, like 13-minute video that talks about everything from, you know, the story behind the barrels all the way up to, you know, how to order off of their calculating system, which is awesome. and. Or one of the important parts, I guess, uh, we haven't really chatted about was you had mentioned uh, the lady on Saturday picked up her barrels and picked up her her footings for these barrels because as I see, where you're going to put these for a successful level distribution system that these probably need is, is your ground. When they're full, a barrel weighs 500 pounds. So you how much? Uh,
1: how did you find that out?
2: I tried to pick one up.
1: (laughs) Look it up, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) Bluebarrelsystems.com. I'll be darned. I didn't know that. How much does a gallon of water weigh?
2: Eight pounds.
0: 8.35 pounds.
1: Whoa. All right. Going to be a trivia question later on.
2: So what have you guys found out about, you know, that base layer of, uh, you know, pebble stone or whatever that I need to put down for a multiple system?
0: Love her. yeah. What, what? Actually, what we recommend—just the quickest, simplest, most inexpensive way to do it—is to use a simple three-quarter-inch road road base. So people call that. Oh, really? Uh, I've heard a it, blue shale crush, three-quarter-inch crush.
2: We got limestone um, out here. Yeah,
0: quarter-inch road base. Okay. Three-quarter-inch right.
2: cobblestone. Yeah. And,
0: so, yeah. I mean, the main thing, and you can use something fancier. You can use DG decomposed granite. First of all, if you already have a level concrete pad, you don't need to do anything. Um, But if you're starting with soil, untreated soil, you do want to lay down about three, four inches of rock. And I just say, don't use pea gravel. If you pick it up and it rolls around in yeah. your hands, it's not going to support a level system. You need something compact. that you can com- com- use a tamper, wet it down, compact it with a tamper. Um, and we we have a whole, you know, as you're catching on by now, you can find kind of a detailed article on each of these topics on our website. We have an article kind of illustrating how to prep a foundation for this system.
2: So as we wrap up our time with Jesse from Blue Barrel, I'm going to have a link and all that information in our show notes. Uh, this website, You got two people working on it, and it's fantastic. Um, everything I need to know was right there, and more.
1: Now you don't. Know, it's Jesse Savo. Also, she's the owner and founder of Blue Barrel Rainwater Catchment Systems. I mean, this. I've been. You know what? I'm so glad I was wrong. I, uh, on, the, on the, the the government trying to put their arms around us and prevent us from using rainwater. This is so cool. And Jesse was so adamant about, no, you are wrong. The only place that I know of was Colorado. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I think that's where I got this from, but I don't mind being humiliated in public.
0: <laughs> well, if you're not wrong, though, it sounds like you know about a city, yeah. Go, go show them the next city who's actually incentivizing it and educate them a little bit about, you know, why it's actually a benefit to do this.
2: So Jesse, when I was talking to her, said she has a surprise for us. Uh, hey Jesse, want to finish that uh, thought and tell us what the surprise is?
0: Well, sure. I was actually wondering if any of your listeners might be interested in a discount. Uh, you know, say ten percent off of their first purchase from what? Blue Barrel. That'd be awesome. Oh, no,
1: good! I'm doing somersaults right now. I'm so glad I was wrong. All right, ten percent. Uh, Off of the whole, off of everything
0: there? Off of any online purchase. So however much you want to put in your shopping cart, whether you want to do it little at a time or just do it all at once, we'll take 10% off that one purchase.
2: And I I can even give
0: you the discount code on air.
2: All right. Is there any listeners uh, present that are against that? I see no hands. I don't see any. Okay, (laughs) No hands. What's the discount code? Okay.
0: All right. So once you get through our website, which is going to help you customize your whole system... When you get to checkout, you can enter YMGP. That stands for, what does it stand for?
2: Your Midwest Garden (laughs) Podcast.
0: Thank you. Okay, YMGP, all caps, no spaces, no special characters. So YMGP, hit apply, and you will see 10% fall off of your total.
2: That's awesome. Thank you so much. I I really want people to take advantage of this. Uh you know, there's no problems now legally. It's such a benefit and Yeah, we got it direct
1: that no, don't question the the illegal aspect of this whatsoever. Just go out there if you want to feed your kids proper, use rainwater.
0: That's right. Don't feed your kids rainwater. <laughs> Fe- feed them vegetables that you've grown with rainwater.
1: Did I screw
2: up no, again? No, I think you meant kids as in your vegetables are the kids, but it came across as human Feed kids. The kids
0: rainwater yes that's right what I came across. You know, which we're careful about and it's so i'm i'm comfortable having that on air because you know you, it's a common could, misconception <laughs> but but you know what that brings up another good point that your listeners will probably be interested in because i think we were clear that this is not potable water right but it's right. perfectly safe for irrigating edibles a lot of people ask us about that perfectly safe you can irrigate your fruit trees, you can irrigate tomatoes and fruiting plants, you can irrigate root crops, you can irrigate leafy greens. Um, go ahead and irrigate your vegetable garden, but don't drink out of the tap.
1: Jesse Savo, I wanna thank you and your Blue Barrel Rainwater Catch Systems. Um, you basically enlightened a lot of us who thought through our arrogance that we knew what the heck we were talking about. No, she eloquently brought me down to earth. Thank you, Jesse, for everything that you've yes, been telling us thank you. on this. It's
2: been very informative and well, with the discount offer on top of it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening
1: to Your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at Your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the garden guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.